Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is uh, ESPN LA and all that. Uh, it's Friday also, the 30... 31st Thurs- would be a Thursday. It is the 31st of Thursday, which is a Thursday. <laughs> it's the, yeah, I think you just called this the 31st of Thursday. It's <laughs> actually on. the 31st of May. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I can independently verify that both of those things are true. I'm looking at my calendar. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, the 31st of May, mm-hmm. and Thursday is not a month. No. All right. All right. <laughs> we do real journalism here. Yeah. Um, so the finals start tonight, Andy. and Austin uh, we'll, Ben Dietrich. <laughs> we do right. all the important journalism. <laughs> and we're going to us, that. We're gonna get to that because, by the way, that's, that's, that story is bananas. bananas. That so is we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And um, uh, I think if you combine the work that Ben and, and, and you and I have done over the last couple of days um, – it's pretty pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. We, uh, Leangelo Ball was in the Lakers facility working out. Yeah, we were both there. We'll tell you how that went and whether or not he's going to be a Laker. Uh, spoiler alert, no. <laughs> <laughs> but is, the fact that he was there is kind of interesting and, and is worth some conversation. Um, I, I think, and uh, we'll answer some questions. Some people were... were talking to us and we we have some questions and we will try to answer uh at the end of the show now let's talk about the finals and begins today yes let's let's get the easy part out of the way do you most people vegas on down think the Cavs have basically no realistic chance of winning this series andy kamenetsky do you agree it certainly feels that way i mean look the flip side of this is I had been on record constantly since like January saying there was no way LeBron was getting out of the East. Yes. And here we are. So in that sense, he keeps defying the odds. If you really want to put this in terms of he just has to beat the Warriors like every other day. Like don't think about it four times, just every other game. Like he has to win game one. Right. I was about to say math only works if he wins game one. Win game one. And this is the one to go after because Andre Iguodala won't be playing in this game, and we'll get into it. Is that that's actually important? Yes. You know whether or not it's going to swing a series depending on Iguodala's availability might, might be a little much, but, but Iguodala is important. It matters. If you win Game One, then it just turns into you just have to beat the Warriors every other game. Not so hard. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't think so. No. Um, I, I I give him like a. 15% chance of winning or something. Like, assume, this assumes that like Steph doesn't roll an ankle and Clay doesn't get hit by a bus or something like that. Guys don't decide not to show up. Assuming a goal, a, a, an intact Golden State team, even with Kevin Love back, they're just way better. Yes. And, the, and this, this is what I think is fascinating about this series is, and the playoffs generally, is it's not so much what this is going to look like. And I... I'm more interested in seeing this just because LeBron beating Golden State to me, as unlikely as I think it is, is so remarkable that I'd rather see him try than see Boston try. Like I just I found that to be less interesting. Yeah, I can see that. I yeah, mean, it's, it, it, neither thing is likely to happen. Right. Boston I mean, the, the, wasn't the likely flip, to win either. The flip side of it would be just you get to see something new. Yeah, but and. and there's a certain anticlimactic nature to this because if it really feels like the odds of, the odds of that happening are so low that you can kind of you can kind of picture and predict exactly how he's eventually going to lose in five Bo- or six right, games. So like Boston would lose in five. Then, games then in that in a sense, to way. me, like it's more it's more potentially curious than actually like. Potentially but, entertaining, but, either, but we'll see. Either way, neither I don't think either series is really. I don't think either team would have been likely to be uh, what would be considered classically entertaining. Like in a lot of ways, this feels more like a potential blood sport than a basketball. Right, it's game. just it's one of these things where if the remarkable thing happens, it is so remarkable that I will be happy to have seen it, it as opposed hap- to the other thing. If this happens, if, I mean, I'm, I'm not a basketball expert. I'm not like a historian. But certainly modern NBA history, greatest I think I know reasonably well. They, greatest upset of all time in, in the NBA, I think, in the NBA. Finals. They, they, this certainly is the, the last the odd, 30 to 40 years. The odds of this one easily are longer than the 2007 team that LeBron dragged ass to the finals, too. I mean, like, and that team wasn't good. No. And this one is considered by Vegas to be, relative to the opponent, worse. And the opponent that first time 
was pretty good. Yes. The Spurs the was San Antonio good. team that kept winning, winning every other year. Right. Um, and so what, what's fascinating to me about it is the, the path that we got here and then what happened, like what would have happened if Houston won – does it matter if Cleveland wins? Because obviously, Andy, everything we do is seen through the prism of how does it affect this summer. And I was of the mind that if Houston had managed to beat Golden State, and they got pretty damn close. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. 27 straight missed three It's unbelievable. I mean, and a lot, of those, they tried. a lot of those were wide open. Open, Yes. I mean, I was sat there, and all the analysis, you have to start going to, first of all, they did actually attack the rim. When they weren't shooting threes, they were getting to the rack. But you can't, you need the space, like the lion in the in the movie. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And so you have to take those Creature shots. Creature comforts. Yes. Just make sure people know the where space. <laughs> you have to have, you have to take those shots. This is professional basketball. You just expect at some point... Two of them will go in. It's unbelievable. Something. So I didn't have a problem with how they did that. But if if Houston had won, does Golden State decide, oh, okay, well, we don't want to sink a billion dollars into this team going forward, or do they get over some of the complacency and basically come back next year and maybe for two years and completely torch the league? I tend to think it was the latter more than the former. So in some ways, Houston probably never gets this close again. Dep- I mean, maybe, depends, on, depends on what happens this summer. That happens this summer, I guess, if they get LeBron. Yeah, know. I mean, they, there's a lot of talk. If, this, even if they don't get LeBron, getting someone. Maybe. But like, let's just say this Houston team, as constructed, probably doesn't get this close ever again. So it's sad for them. It's probably better for the rest of the league that Golden State got by and now can play an imperfect finals against a pretty ordinary Cleveland team save LeBron and come back next year without having to have changed their habits. So if you're an up and coming team trying to, you know, knock this this group off next year as the Lakers in theory could be depending on how free agency goes, this is probably the result you wanted. Yeah, and then speaking of, of that free agency, the other side of it, you know, with with Cleveland and LeBron linked to everybody, like it's because LeBron has literally every single option, you know, available to him because nobody's going to say no to LeBron. LeBron can make mountains move as far as the rosters that he wants or whatever. Daryl Morey's got a plan. The Houston thing, for yeah. example, is something that people go, How exactly is that going to work? Daryl Morey has a ten thousand scenarios. Yeah, I mean every That's single every single team in the league, including the one that he's currently on, will move heaven and earth to keep LeBron happy. So because of that, when it when you can do whatever you want, like the idea of I could see LeBron staying in Cleveland if his team gets waxed. I could see LeBron leaving Cleveland if they get waxed. I could see him staying if they win a championship. I could see him leaving. I don't think the results of this series have any impact. But that's what makes whatsoever. it so fascinating. That's what makes it really, in that sense, sort of the I don't know the the storyline within the game. Like people are going to be trying to read tea leaves based on every single game, every single quarter. And I think they're all just screaming just into because, the wind. Right, I, don't think, I don't think they know what they're talking the about. The reality of it is, is even if, if Cleveland manages to pull this off, first of all, this you want to leave the, the ultimate mic drop moment. I mean, I, LeBron James, just beat the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I don't know. Again. Don't, right. Again. And you know what? Because of that, now twice Cleveland, I don't owe you mother bleepers anything oh, else I, for I, the I, rest I, of my I, life. There, I, I don't think Cleveland – if he left after winning another title – Again, like over that team, nobody would be grudging. No, of course but, not. But I mean, but the point the point I was getting at is, even if he does it, it doesn't change the fundamentals of what what this Cleveland team can will be can right, be which going is why he, he could win and still exactly. Leave. That's my I mean, point. It's crazy. Where I do think it mattered, but he though, also might say, you know what, we just won a championship. I don't want to walk away from a team that just won. You know, I don't, we, we'll figure it out. Look, I mean, look at what just happened it just comes this down, year. It comes down to, I want to stay in Cleveland. I don't want to stay in Cleveland. Yeah. I think this team can build in the way that I want it to build and be competitive in the way, that, or I don't. Houston, I think it was an interesting thing because let's say Houston gets to the finals. Presumably they would have won. Can Le, you know? Does LeBron, would they bust up that team to, in, to bring in LeBron and... You know, and if they if they won a title, and then would LeBron 
go join a team that just won? Would he do the Kevin Durant? Right. Essentially. I don't know. But, the, but that becomes a, the, the politics of that become much more difficult to kind of diagnose. Whereas now Houston can be like, look, we came short again. Whether it's Chris Paul is going to need more help, we need a third star, whatever it is. Clearly, the formula we have doesn't work. LeBron can join that group and still have to overcome the Warriors without having to suffer the KD narrative. And so Houston remains yeah. live oh, in absolutely. ways that they may not have before. Philly, let's hold on for a second because that gets to the Colangelo stuff. So let's wait. But I don't think – I think LeBron can decide where he wants to go after the finals is over because he doesn't need to have made a choice because the groundwork for anything he wants to do has already been laid. His people know exactly what will happen if he comes to L.A., what they'll request in terms of trades, who's going to go where, and and all that stuff. If he's going to Houston, if all he can have five plans laid out. He can put deposits down on five different private schools. He can do all these yeah. things, houses. that He's a billionaire. He can do whatever he wants, and he has the influence to get the league to do what he wants. The gold, and now Golden State is is sort of made for next year. They're not going to bust up this team if they win. No. So you know we're kind of looking at that part of it stays stable, and it just gets to where's LeBron's going to go. So we're back yeah, I, to where we started in a lot I, of. Ways. I was thinking about with this series, like because the odds of the Cavaliers actually winning this thing, LeBron leading this group, I'm it, not even. It's not even worth doing the hypothetically an extended time but i feel but i feel like if lebron could just push this thing to seven games like push it to seven like that to me i mean it's not the same thing as winning a championship these are grown-ass adults but it is damn near as respectable if you can push this thing to seven games because the only way it happens is if he's averaging right 38 it's it's like 11 and 12 it's like when rocky puts makes the goal of i just want to go to the distance with creed He's like, I'm not as good as this guy. I can't beat him. But I just want to go all 12 rounds. Nobody's ever done that before. Like LeBron going seven games with this team. Um, it will be interesting, just though. That, I mean, they, they got it. Speaking of going seven games, they got to capitalize on Iguodala being out. I saw something pretty interesting on a stat for, from Sports Illustrated. Golden State, over the course of the last three finals, plus 141 when Iguodala's on the court. Minus 68 when he's out. Yeah, bad. He, he, matters. he matters a lot, particularly when you're talking about a matchup with LeBron. Yeah, he matters. Um, so we'll I mean, see. on both sides of the ball, he matters. But, I mean, Iguodala being out, if nothing else, gives it gives Cleveland a bit of an opening to win this first game. There, yeah. There's set a, a tone There's that. a window there. Um So, you know, hopefully hopefully it's competitive. I'd like to see it be competitive. I just want, I want to watch LeBron. I want to see, I want to see what he does. Um, Philadelphia was leading the odds, the Vegas odds of the LeBron James destinations this week before. Was he real? Was, yes, he was. F- Philadelphia went, actually. Philly was. Last I saw was Cleveland. Philly jumped Cleveland? Philly jumped Cleveland. Interesting. Philly. It went Philly, Cleveland, Houston. I don't have it in front of me. I probably should, but I don't. And then the, the Lakers. I could pause. And then the Lakers. Okay. Um, but it's something like that. But Philly was in front, wow. at least by this one. Odds maker. Wow. Then the Brian Colangelo story. <laughs> and without relaying the whole thing, I mean, if you haven't read it, in, in exhaustive detail, uh, uh, Ben Dietrich at the at the Ringers, at the Ringers, at the Ringers. <laughs> no, you sound like mom. Mom, at the Facebook. <laughs> Are you guys on the Twitter? Uh, ben Dietrich at the Ringer. Mom, by the way, re- recently emailed both of us, letting us know she just heard that Dennis Rodman lives in Newport Beach. Like I don't know what to do with this <laughs> with this email. I, I don't. Him up? I mean, I didn't even respond. I didn't know what to do with that. Does he hang with Kobe? I don't know. Um, if you missed the news in exhaustive detail, there are five burner Twitter accounts, which for people now is is basically the account you use on Twitter to respond to people in a voice that isn't theoretically your own, in, yeah. a, in a hidden identity to lurk and to respond, right? As opposed to a burner phone that you use to have an affair. Uh, slightly different or criminality let's not leave that out that's true but unpacking all of these things 
Colangelo has admitted that he has that one of those things are linked. One of the accounts was linked to him, and it's one that actually is fairly common where you set up an account and you're just following people uh, so you can have everything consolidated in one place. But he wasn't using it to respond. These other accounts, though, had uh, responses and things that were at times giving away really sensitive medical information about players like Julie Locafor and failed physicals and things like that. Um, had uh, non-kind things to say about some of his own players like um, uh, Joel, Joel Embiid, um, Markel particularly Fultz. Markel Fultz. Up and down, just all kinds of crazy stuff and a lot of stuff that was, shockingly, negative towards Sam Hinkie and also, shockingly, very defensive towards the current Colangelo regime. Oh, and also, too, negative against Masai Ujiri yes. um, over with the Toronto Raptors who replaced uh, Jer- uh Brian Colangelo, right, uh, and running the team. Um, it's nuts, and now, now you know the the Twitter detectives are out in full in full force, and there is talk that actually the person because Jer- uh, I keep saying Jerry Colangelo, Brian, Brian Colangelo. Colangelo. By the way, we'll get into this. The fact that I keep saying Jerry Col- uh, Colangelo probably speaks to why Brian Colangelo is so damn sensitive in the first place. That I keep saying Jerry, yeah, but. The Twitter detectives are out there, and there's been some potential discovery that these Twitter accounts are actually linked to Brian Colangelo's wife. Right. So three, and that she actually could be the one responding, or she may have just been the one who set these things up. There are three. There are basically what people believe at this point are three scenarios. They're all amaze balls, <laughs> and they're all terrible they're, for the Colangelo. They're, they're bad. <laughs> well, actually, one isn't that bad for the Colangelos, uh, but. Two of them definitely are. One of them isn't. But the third one, which I'll get to in a second, is so fascinating that I'm willing to have this guy go through all this grief. Scenario number one is that essentially Brian Colangelo set these things up and he's been running them and whatever. And he's the guy who most of the time, at least, has been doing the responding. This is bad. Yes, it is. <laughs> because, uh, it, you know, that is without question a fireable effect. Yes. Second one is. Some combination, as you talk about, Andy, of Colangelo and his wife, my wife, are responsible for the tweets. That's and Mrs. Is, Eric Jr. to you. Right. <laughs> that is not necessarily as bad for Brian Colangelo in some ways, worse in other ways, but just as fascinating in almost every way. I, Hold on. Okay. All right. All right. See where you're going with this. The third scenario, which is to some degree the one that Brian Colangelo has been running with, which is some way, somehow, I'm kind of being set up here. In which case, maybe it's by a, you know, because Brian Colangelo isn't universally loved in Philly. No. Because he, you know. He's not universally loved. By anywhere. I was going to say, in that world, he's not a popular guy. As is my understanding. As you can tell by the fact that, you know, even guys like Danny Ainge, you know, Maury, Cuban, a lot of people are throwing shade at this or making jokes, making light. And usually people, you know, coaches don't rip other coaches. GMs don't rip it other GMs. It is my understanding. I mean, you and I are not sourced to that degree that we Nobody's know all coming the GMs to around the right. league. Is my understanding he is not popular. Um, so the third scenario is he's being set up in what would be the most amazing and and meticulous long con in social media history. Like, it, this has been going, like, you would have to cultivate this over the course of literally years in which, in ways that I, I can't believe are true, but if they are, who's that guy? Okay, you know like, what? I, I, I want to know that story I- as much as I want to oh, know of the Colangelo Look, I mean, thing. If, if that's actually been happening, then obviously you want to see, you want to see who, who's that guy. Who you know who Whoa. would actually take it upon themselves? To, you know what I mean? Basically, what that guy is, that guy is basically Kevin Spacey in yes, Seven. Yes, absolutely. Like because because Kevin Spacey's villain did this stuff for like you know a couple years yes. and, and laid out everything leading up to the. It's point. It's a basketball version of Kevin of Spacey that. in Seven. I mean, like. It, Everything was meticulously planned up to the point right. where he had the head in the and box. T- right to the to this person's credit, 
There is no head in the box at this point. <laughs> it, there, there, a literal well, head. We don't know when this ends. We don't, we don't know that yet. Presumably. It depends it how far he's willing to try to that, uh, frame it, Brian Colangelo. That would be too much. I think we could all agree. But let's let's start with the, like, more than likely it seems like it's some combination of the first two. Yes. If I would it, be stunned if it's not either at this way, point. And either way. Or some family member that is yet to be has yet to be revealed, right. but somebody that is close to the Colangelo's, if not with the last name of Colangelo, it feels very ben, one of, one of the, the clever things that Ben Diedrich did here, and you can read about it at The Ringer. It's a tr- I mean, he, they, they did their homework on this. Oh, absolutely. They, they did a lot. Because I, I had a theory that, that Ramona shot down based on the, the homework thing that you're talking about. It, he contacted the Sixers about two of the accounts got commented or whatever, at which point the other three, which he didn't tell them that he knew about, went dark. So by alerting the Sixers, the other three were taken essentially offline. That's that's a tell. That's suspicious. Yeah. Um and so it certainly points to and they, one of those and they first should two they should have realized, by the way, there's a good chance he knows about these ones too. Either either you lost one layer of potential plausible denial. Well, just by but, just by but doing the six, that. he didn't he didn't even tell the Sixers about these other accounts. The, the Sixers as an organization may not have known about the other three when Ben Dietrich contacted. Yeah, but somebody that the Sixers talked to did. Somebody or so when they asked Brian Colangelo. That's my point. Right, but okay. that, that's different than the the rest of the organization. Sure. Okay, I'm saying somebody should have thought that through and been like, oh, they may know about all these. I bet I the better per- if nothing else like you know let them die out. But anyway, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of that. But my point is that was the whole. It's the purpose. equivalent of po- I know the whole purpose. I know. Of it. I'm saying you fell for you fell for it. It was a poker tell. Either way, either Brian Colangelo is personally, it seems like, revealing a lot of sensitive state secrets about um about what's going on the inner workings of the Sixers a lot of well-connected Sixers writers are saying things like you know here are some things that have been on background that, that it, I hadn't even heard about like some really right in-depth stuff or he's either doing it himself or he's you know talking about it at home talking about it with other like either either is yeah, there were a theory that like you know maybe one of his kids did it which Obviously, I guess exonerates Brian Colangelo in the sense that he didn't set up all these burner accounts. But the flip side is, well, that means he's telling Jimmy right. Okafor's medical know, history to his, to his kids. It's like, it's, like okay. when you, it's like my take on D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young with the Iggy thing. I'm like, what are you telling D'Angelo Russell, who at that point was a 19 year old that you knew for like three months? Like, what are you telling him this stuff for? Yeah, like that's on you, Nick. So. That all this stuff is bad. I mean, people are talking about like one of the questions that people are asking, and Woj tweeted this out. Like one of the one of the things people are coming to his defense about is this idea of if it is Colangelo, like why would he put himself at risk like this? A, I only ever thought people would put two and two together. But B, why does anybody put themselves at risk for anything? I, I it makes per- this is the one part of it that makes perfect sense to me, Andy. Is that the thing about Twitter in this way? is it allows somebody who is consistently under social media attack, as Brian Colangelo is, certain things fair, certain things unfair. You know, the Fultz trade clearly looks like it was a mistake. On the other hand, they did some good stuff at the deadline this year with, uh, you know, Ilyasova, and they got Bellinelli, and those those were really important acquisitions. A guy like Brian Colangelo can't say certain things. He can't leak certain things. He can't because even if you do things on background, if if a certain There's piece only of so many people who would correct know what you're and inside the organization around the league, people can generally figure out where a piece yes. of information came from. But if he's doing it this way, it allows him to defend himself, even if it's to no one and no one knows who it is, and you know that defense may or may not get out. And you could tell at least whoever's doing this was trying recommending beat writers go ask certain questions of certain people at the very least he can i I, he's defending himself i can put that i can put out the other side of the argument that that is the quote-unquote truth okay you know i have no problem at all believing that a person who didn't think he would get caught which again is why why does anybody do anything? And by it's the way, probably the odds were probably really strong that he would. I mean, with not if not for some either one or a couple or some seriously obsessive followers of these, 
probably 95, 99% of the time, you probably would get away with something like this. I, 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 that human impulse of it, I find to be the most understandable and relatable part of this entire story. And if it's his wife, I really get it because wives, girlfriends, whatever tend to be even more defensive of their, you know, of their spouses. We see that all the time, whether it's, you know, know. what's her name? Uh, Tom Brady's. Giselle, Giselle we've seen it with Aisha Curry. Curry, right? Um, you know all these people, the 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 crazy lady in Miami with the crazy uh, defensive back, like that couple. Oh, oh, God! Right, I, you remember who I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I, I know exactly. Grimes, who, Grimes yes, like, Mika Grimes. Yes, like those people seemed insane. And you know what you know what uh, thought though popped into my head because you're right. There are a lot of public figures who have their significant others come out in these sort of ways, whether uh, publicly or private. Roger Goodell's wife had yes. a burner account defending him. With the thought that popped in my head, though, was there is no way in hell my wife would ever bother defending me yeah. and my job. My wife thinks my job is too annoying and too stupid. No, to, my, to wife, ever my wife would have her public Twitter account, which she has, and would use it to insult my work. Yes. <laughs> my, call if, me an idiot. If eggs were saying this crap about me on Twitter, my wife would, I think, secretly hope maybe it'll get bad enough that he'll find right, a different line will of fire work. I mean, we'll do something else. Um, she probably is one of those I eggs. just like th- That's the one, part, the one part of the story that I think people aren't – giving enough credit to which is like this the, oh it's too much to risk it's a no it's not because he didn't think he would get and the psychology of it is just look at the stuff that roseanne was tweeting under her name thinking that she wasn't going to face any type of repercussions right. but you think about like in your relationships well all the things that you wish you could just either say or you know you come home and um not that this would ever happen to you or me, but you come home and you've apparently done something wrong <laughs> and you don't think you did it wrong, Andy. Mm. You don't think you did the laundry or put the things in the dishwasher or maybe, you know, uh, clean the kitchen in the wrong way. You thought maybe you were helping out and doing something <laughs> nice. If this all sounds too personal. It's all hypothetical. Uh, hypothetically. <laughs> yes. Would never happen to my ass. No. Like, think of all the but, like all the things that you wish you could say to defend yourself, but that you can't, you don't, because it's just you you context makes it so it's either not worth the battle or whatever it is. Now picture your job as something where it's constant. It's a barrage of like when I when I leave the house. If my wife was upset about how I did X, Y, and Z, and I think it's unfair, I show up to the studio, you know, Bergman doesn't get on me about how I did the laundry. Uh, You know, Amanda doesn't do it. And so it's like I can leave that behind. But, like, there's nowhere Colangelo can go short of staying off of social media, which would be the smart thing, but it's difficult to do. You you know, it's hard to ignore what everybody's saying about you, Uh, particularly when – narrative impacts the way you can do and your particularly job. to when and and this definitely plays a role in it when you're brian colangelo and you are part of modern basketball royalty and your dad is a legend you know and you've you know you've run multiple front offices you've got connections to the olympics and you're, you're not like a made man the way your dad is but you're you're a part of all this and you're right now you're in a great situation but this incident, though, speaks to the insecurity that you're still going to f- feel when that run, you know, the seven seconds or less run in Phoenix. All the credit goes to either Mike D'Antoni or Steve Nash. Nobody ever talks about the way you constructed the roster. In Toronto, they're going under this, you know, research- they- they've had the best three or four seasons of franchise history. And everybody talks about Masai, and, and nobody and ever talks Dwayne about Casey you. Up and until, you and now, all you ever hear about is trust the process. Your 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 star player won't shut up about Sam Hinkie, and it's clear that you know all these people that were there before you still worship at the altar of Sam Hinkie. Basketball, Twitter, you know, NBA writers, everybody is rooting for the Sixers to be great, not because. They want the Sixers to be great, necessarily. They, they want, want the, tr- the process to be Right. They want Hinky to be validated. So you have, even, even as a member of basketball royalty, even knowing that if you lost this job, you'd find another one in five seconds. I mean, your, your family is so connected. The league actually brought your dad in to this organization. You still have insecurity and rabbit ears that lead to either you or your wife or maybe both setting up burner accounts to yell at eggs. I get it. 
I, I completely get it. And it's the most humanizing aspect of all this. And then, but the question becomes like, what happens? I mean, again, LeBron James, Vegas thought at least was the, uh, that was the odds on favorite for destination. He can't possibly go there if Colangelo is still working there. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, honestly, it matters more what like Embiid, Fultz, all these other guys who are already on the roster, but for the Lakers perspective, you know, can I, is a free agent going to go there if he thinks that's the 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 guy who's running the show? Well, I, here's the he thing: he won't be there unless unless I think I think unless Brian unless Brian Colangelo is definitively proven as not having been involved with this in any way at all, he's going to be fired. He's going to be fired, and and you know what? You can make the argument because you said the third scenario isn't bad for Brian Colangelo. I actually think it is. The one where somebody has been impersonating him? Right. Because it's got to be, it, or let me put it this way, it's potentially bad. And the reason I think it is, is because it's somebody that obviously was connected to the Sixers. I mean, you just wouldn't know all of this stuff with, unless you had some so type of... lack of institutional control. Lack of institutional yeah, control, but also, but yeah. also too, do you know how A, loose-lipped, and B, how much of an a-hole... You have to be that somebody would set up this type of long con to eventually destroy your career. There's, it says something about you if pe- if somebody would actually go through this type of effort. It does, but at least you weren't directly responsible. You weren't directly for it in responsible of it, either... but, but it makes you think twice if you're the Sixers about okay, is this really the guy that we run? Yeah. He, you know, he ain't Jerry. You know what I'm saying? Like, even that, I think, isn't good if you're Brian Colangelo, because it does speak to does who the LeBron guy the is. the opportunity to bring his own GM. Yeah, but, I mean... David Griffin's still out there. David Griffin is still out there, but I... I did, I, I floated this, the, the conspiracy theory to Ramona about, the you know, like, they broke this purposely at this point so that uh, Colangelo would get fired at a time where LeBron could then bring in his own guy, and she pointed out, A, uh, the ringer's been on this for months, to which I replied, that's probably true. Uh, it's hard to do all this reporting in 36 hours. And also, LeBron doesn't care about his GM. LeBron is the GM. Right. I mean, um, he, you know, so look, if, if we're willing to believe... I liked my conspiracy right. theory, I mean, but, look, if we're willing oh well. to If we're willing to believe that LeBron could stay with the Cavs despite having an owner that he's never going to have a ton of respect for. I think he could theoretically play for Brian Colangelo, but again, I think it's a moot point because if it is in any way de- demonstrated that he is a part of this, well, he's you got you got to can him because you can't have your star players right like that. I mean, he may be gone work. anyway, but right. he is definitely going to be gone if he's a part I'm of this. I'm sure, look, every GM, I'm you know, truth serum, you know, Jerry West, and we probably don't even need to with Jerry West. He'll say it, but you know, Mitch Kupchak, all these guys cursed out Kobe in private all the time, cursed him out on background all the time. But it, it never would have ever been connected in the same way that something like this would be in such a chicken bleep kind of way, too, where you're doing it in this passive-aggressive Twitter. It's just not going to work. Part of being a public figure of any kind with an entity that people care about, and that would be being a general manager of a popular professional sports team is sometimes you just got to eat it you know sometimes you just have to eat it and people are going to say stuff about you and you just have to deal with it and that's the end of it you can't fight back um so we'll see how this one goes um man did this really swoop in we got um there's a, a great list of the strangest stories of of the 2017-2018 basketball It has season. been a nutty year. It's been a crazy year. Well, I, if we can get to it, I want to talk about this that uh, Jared Dubbin put out. And it's it was on his Twitter feed, and I think it was turned into a Slate story. but Or the other way around, I'm not sure. But either way, like this swooped in right, right at the end and, and took the top spot. For what everybody thought was a, a really predictable and boring season, because we did end up, in the end, with the exact same finals and basically the same semifinals as we all thought we were going to get. So people are like, oh, the NBA is too predictable and too boring. This list goes to show you that it is not. And this jumped in right at the end to be the strangest story of the season. I don't think there's any question. Um, so, But from Colangelo, we can get to Leangelo. Nice. Later on, we will discuss the catalog of D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Limited, unfortunately, Limited, but it's right. good. Um Leangelo Ball was in El Segundo this week, talking, uh, working out for the Lakers. Apparently, as Ramona put out on Twitter, the reaction was he tried hard. 
Um, shot the ball, seemed to do oh fine. You know, you really don't want to hear if you're Leangelo. He didn't really try. <laughs> kind of no, phoned, I was trying really hard. He kind of phoned the yeah, thing in. Right, he went in, he did his best, and all that stuff. He's not going to be on the Lakers. Um, he's not going to be on the G League team. No, he's not going to be on the Summer League team. No, I don't think he's going to be a, any part of an NBA connected entity. Doesn't seem like it. No, any problem with bringing him in for this? kind of cursory workout are you indulging if you know if you flat know that um he's not that he has zero prospects for being on your team is there any danger in indulging the ball family fantasy in bringing him in no because if it stops here if it stops here i don't have an issue with it i mean a the Lakers are not the only NBA team that are giving him a workout. Yeah, the I mean, Warriors, the Warriors led by noted LeVar Ball enthusiast Steve Kerr, <laughs> they're giving him a workout. So I think indulging him is, okay, let's give him a spot on the Summer League team. That's when you're starting to get into true enabling territory with LeVar and you know, start really raising the question of, okay, how much is this guy actually influencing the front office? I think giving him a workout, if for no other reason – then so LeVar can't claim you didn't or complain about it. I don't have a problem with it. And people have to understand, the vast majority of people, the Lakers, particularly based on the way the Lakers like to do their workouts, which is two-on-two, three-on-three, as much live basketball as they can fit in, you need a certain amount of numbers to make that work. And you know you can only bring in the guys who might be potential first-round picks so many times. You don't really, you know, you get one crack at those guys. They have a second-round pick, but if you need six or seven guys per workout to do what you want to do, you're going to get to prospect 120, 125, whatever it might be, every once in a while. You bring somebody in. There's no harm. I agree. And it, it doesn't it doesn't it's not negatively impact it's not like they're bringing leangelo in instead of this other guy right. the, the other or thing that they're obligated the other thing to do with bringing in i mean because like you said they're going to bring in tons of people most Who of them have zero chance of right. making the team but on the but in any normal situation you know let's let's just say lonzo had a normal father and had two brothers you know who are nba prospects just like his life now just picture with a with a normal dad if Leangelo got a look under those circumstances, nobody would think twice about it. You know, you would think it's actually great politicking. And what you don't want to actually do is ultimately punish Leangelo for his dad. Like, because yeah, under normal... You can leave that to his dad. Right, but you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, his dad's going to do enough damage for him as it is. Exactly. Like, you don't want to punish Leangelo because of who his dad is in a situation where otherwise you'd be perfectly willing to do Laker player X a solid. Yeah, I agree with you. So I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, and he's you know he's not going to make the team. And I will say this: he's really short. Yes, he is. And I mean, we he was, all we all picked up on this. He's he's not six five. No, and that's and this is part of the. I, I don't think going to be people like well, he just got measured. I I don't care. I mean, those things lie. He might be all six five. He might be six five in shoes. Maybe how many shoes? shoes. Right. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> how he's many wearing li- the lifting and all that kind of stuff? But I mean, man, he looked like an awfully sawed. If you know, granted. Stocky guys look shorter, but he didn't look. Well, but we were also too. We were looking at him. You know, he was standing next to Mike Bresnahan. You know, who covers the team for Spectrum, and Brez is I think six two, six three, and they were basically the same size. They were basically the same size. Like I, I asked Chris McGee. I actually texted uh, Chris McGee after that, asking him how tall he is because Geeter's a pretty tall guy, former volleyball player. Yeah, and Geeter's six three. Leangelo does not look taller than Chris McGee, or like. By, Not by any appreciable amount. Or, I mean, you know, just by comparison, you know, the eyeball test, Kobe was 6'6". is not an inch shorter than Kobe. I'm not buying it. Um, so he's sort of like a tweener guard with no guard skills, apparently. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see. I mean, he can shoot. I, I, I said this because I came on with, with Mason in Ireland that afternoon following the workout. And I did say this. If I had to, based on what we saw, if I had to pick one ball to make a three-pointer... I might choose Leangelo over Lonzo. Well, unless it's from fifty-five feet, in which case you want Lamelo. Lamelo, right? <laughs> sort of his shot. But like they asked me, like, how did he shoot? Like you know, and I was like, like a normal person. Like Leangelo yes. shoots the ball like a normal yes. person. 
He does not have the weird Lonzo shot. No. Um, so at the very least, you feel more confident that the ball is going to go in. I mean, that's apparently his game. Like that's apparently what he does best. I was thinking about this though, but you know, because there were a lot of people who freaked out about him just getting this workout. You know, does this mean he's going to be on the G League team, summer league team? And again, it's not going to no. happen. Lavar f this up in the sense of he should have had Leangelo go straight to the G League last year. When the Lakers were still in Lonzo's transcendent face of the organization mode, don't break all of Magic's records mode. Like he might have been able to force, he might have been able to force Angel on team last year. Not a prayer. I think the chances were better. Also, too, there was no, there wasn't enough time. Are you talking about after he got kicked out of UCLA? No, before. But I'm saying he just he should have just, just skipped UCLA. Just skipped UCLA. Were they were 18 year olds allowed to yes. go? Like, okay, so yes. last year was the first year. Of that? Yeah, you okay. got to do this thing while you got all the leverage. Maybe you know, Lakers, Lonzo, but Laker the Lakers G League team wasn't going to pick him up. Maybe there was. I think there was more of a chance. There's a more of a chance than not now. a prayer. Not a prayer. I I don't know the reason he and the reason he ended up in Lithuania after that was because there was zero interest in it. Right, the but that's also after that. I'm saying before all this, when you're when you're at prime, not a not when a you prayer. are at prime Lonzo ass kissing mode, not. But before Lavar had become a pain in the ass, that's when you should have showed up as a pain in the ass. But but he became a bigger I, one. I think the I, mean, I, I, I get what you're getting at. I'm saying I think you are 100 percent wrong. Got to leverage uh, it, man. Never would have worked. Um, all right, so we put out on the Twitter that we were recording, and I wanted to see if anybody had any questions. Yeah, there were some interesting ones. Yep. Uh, Where do you want to start? Let's start here. Uh, Mitch Adams Fisher asks this question. I have an extremely weird question that I've been wanting to ask. Do you guys have any hand signals or nonverbal communication you use when recording? Like, if one of you is starting to interrupt the other, do you ever just, like, hold up your hand and be like, hold on a second? Sometimes, Mitch. Yes. Yeah, that, the, the hand signal that I think we use the most is when we're interviewing somebody, our hand signal for I've got a follow-up, which is basically just like, you, like, like, a, like a little bit more, right? You're, you're doing the hand signals are like, a little, like you're inch, right, like, an inch or two apart. Exactly, and a little bit more. Hold on, or like we'll 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 look at each other like, oh, let me ask a question. Oh, I have another question. Or who's going to figure out to ask the next question? Um, but there is not in a lot of elaborate. Like if you're picturing something like flags being waved or things like that to land an airplane, it's nothing that complicated. Um, next one from Ron Pasius. Uh, Will Top Gun 2 be campy or not? My fear is it won't be campy enough. Because <laughs> the only way Top Gun 2 works is if it is it understands what the lasting appeal of the first one was, which is a certain degree of campiness. I got to figure they'll at least not at it, but yeah, I mean like how far do you go with the camp? Like do you recreate the volleyball scene? Like down to the jeans. That's pretty damn campy. <laughs> well, it wasn't intentionally campy. No, it is now though. <laughs> oh, it's way campy now. But everything, like you know, down to Val Kilmer's, you know, bite thing. Um, you know, all of it's campy. There was a lot, but there's a. It was not intentionally campy at but all. Doesn't, but doesn't matter. It's all what people think of it now. When you go back and look at it. when people think of See, Top Gun, that stuff colors what they think about. But the I, here's the thing, though. And maybe maybe my impression of this is too affected by spending so much time around Michael Thompson and Mike Trudell, who absolutely worship at the altar of Top Gun. I'm not sure how many people find the stuff we find campy actually campy. Possible. There are a lot. I mean, there are people really excited about Top Gun too, and it's not in an ironic way. They are genuinely excited about this. Like Tom Cruise uh, tweeted out some photo. I guess they're starting the shooting today. People were excited. Um, I mean, like, I'm not a big Top Gun fan. Like, I, I don't, I've never thought it was that great of a movie. Like, and, and I'm much more into car chases than airplane chases or like airplane stunt work. I love car chases. I'll watch a car, car chase all day. Um, so I'm, I'm probably not the right guy to ask. I feel like the movie was campy from the beginning. It just wasn't trying to be. It's just these the type music, of sequels, all of it. these type of sequels with, Rare exceptions, you know, when you're talking about 30-something years passing, they rarely work out. I mean, they, there are exceptions. Like, I actually thought Train Spotting 2 was actually pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good movie. But by and large, the more time that passes between original and sequel, the worse it is. Uh, from Tonya Bologna, a ton of Bologna uh, at Santa Poco. 
Would you rather be able to dunk or throw a 105-mile-an-hour fastball, which will be a consistent strike? That is a reference to, I believe, Jordan Hicks on the Cardinals. Um, dunk. Here's, and let, me, dunk. Let, me, let, me rephrase, let me add one caveat to this question because it's a good one. My, my ability to throw a 105-mile-an-hour fastball consistently for a strike doesn't allow me to play in the major leagues in the same way that being allowed to dunk. Like, if I could dunk, it doesn't put me in the NBA. If I could do that... Like consistently, I'd be in Major League Baseball player, which means that. But set that aside, just to have the ability, dunking is better because you can do it in more places and have more opportunities to show it off. Yeah. Like, how do you, you don't get to show off your ability to throw 105 miles an hour in the same way. It would be really cool. I mean, this could just like, be. To throw a baseball that hard would be really cool. I mean, it would be cool. I mean, but, and this might be the perspective of, somebody who's 5'8", and just the idea of dunking is just physical impossibility. Dunking seems more awesome than throwing 105 miles an hour, even though way more people on this planet can dunk than throw 105 miles per hour. But because I'm 5'8", I think the dunking seems more mythical to me than the throwing the ball. Like, at the end of the day, once I threw a ball... I would get more bored throwing right. 105 a, miles an hour. There's, there's just not a lot of... Every and every time I got bored by the dunking thing, uh, I dunked again. I could go to a different gym with different people, right? And be like, "Look at, check this out." Um, so dunking is the clear answer to that question. Um, which one do you want to go to? I'm uh, going to pull one more. Uh, pull one more, and then I'll keep looking. Uh, at the Nathan Mark, are the Warriors versus Cavs for the billionth time bad for the NBA? Trilogy is good, but quadrilogy. I'm telling you, the ratings won't say so. I was going to say, based on the most recent ratings, the last three. Warriors Cavs that we've had have been some of the best ratings in like two decades. I think They're basketball fantastic. junkies are probably a little bit bored with it. But again, I'll go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. I don't think this version of the finals is any inherently less interesting because you have LeBron doing like watching can Brad Stevens. I, no. No. Ultimately we're talking about stars and a star driven game. And can LeBron do the most amazing thing in NBA history is a cooler thing to watch. And then the last one I have is from at Harmon Danger. How many burner accounts do you get each have and do you share those two? The last part of that sounds gross if you're talking about the affair kind. But but if you're just talking about the basketball burners, like people who have negative things to say about the Kamenetsky brothers, and we have accounts where we type back Should we share one? Should we open a burner account and share one? Here's how we should do it. We should open a burner account of a different set of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like the Sklars. <laughs> right, the Sklars, or pretend we're Randy and Jason. <laughs> and it's funny, I actually they grew up with them. constantly come to our defense. You know what? You know what? <laughs> and criticize major media outlets for not giving us bigger, high-paying jobs. You know, be the, you know what ultimately would be our downfall with the burner account that we share? We'd sign it. <laughs> like like somebody ours <laughs> instead of randy or jason we'd say well no, i mean the problem is you and i you know because like everybody on twitter it's all look at me everybody's ego driven everybody you know sends out a tweet and is immediately excited to see how many likes or retweets it gets so we would be too both of us would be too ego driven to send out what we know is an amazing tweet and without the signature right. and also too, i'd want credit we're also just we'd screw it up yeah Way too uh, we disorganized. Just, we just, we just, you're on the wrong thing. We do the we do the Skip Bayless, where Skip Bayless's burner account under the name of Skip Bayless complimented <laughs> Skip Bayless on being so awesome because he got it. He just got it wrong. That was so but that, but the, awesome. It was awesome, but it's like again, it's one of the most. And it's, supposedly, I never met him. I don't like his work. Supposedly, Skip Bayless is a very nice person. Like people who have worked with him say he's very nice, but. Like, he doesn't need to defend himself in that way. He's one of the most dominant voices in sports. He makes a ton of money. And, and he makes a ton of money because he is so, I hope, purposely polarizing. So if you're being purposely polarizing, again, I Why hope, are you looking at your Twitter mentions? Right. Why, why are you so, bothering to see but who's I getting still, upset at yourself and defending you? But yet, people... If they feel like they're being treated unfairly or whatever, and again, I've heard people say, no, Skip believes in what he believes. It's not a shtick, whatever. But I really the, hope he's being purposely polarized. I hope. I really do. But, you know, I just, I get it. I get that uh, okay. impulse. Here's, I don't, we are hardly 
raked over the coals, you know, in terms of like our social media. People say stuff. I've heard people say it's like, are they about stuff we've written or things we've said or you guys suck? And it's like, you know, okay. Everybody thinks, you know, there's no 100% universally popular. It's like, you know, I can also look at it and say, you know what? They may not have everything that I want. I get, I do radio at the ESPN affiliate in the second, actually, I think the largest radio market in the country. Like they put me on their air. That's pretty good. Yeah. And yet I'm still sometimes like when the egg says you suck, kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. (laughs) I brush it off quickly and I don't respond and I don't internalize whatever. But I don't I, I like it more when people say. You guys are great. I, you know, you're what helped me get me through my work day. I like that better than you suck. Although I, my favorite is you don't get the joke. Mm-hmm. Like that guy. Like I did that last week a couple times with uh, you know a couple. Well, I mean, Twitter look, jokes. if we if we want the ultimate proof of how it doesn't matter how powerful you are, how successful you are, how rich you are, there you know people will check their mentions and respond. Look at our president. Yes. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He spends a lot of time on Twitter. He does. He checks his mentions <laughs> he checks a lot. His mentions. You can't slide into his DMs without him knowing. No, actually, the, I, from what I've seen, the problem is it's too easy to yeah. slide into his DMs. Well, executive time. <laughs> you know, if, if I had that kind of time to read my Twitter, I'm sure I would too. But I just, I get it. Um, so my sympathies to Brian Colangelo, at least in that way, that I think this is ultimately will turn into one of the more odd but human stories of um wild self-destruction doesn't mean we won't clown on that, him, oh, oh no he should be made fun of <laughs> yes because this is ridiculous uh, just because the same thing could happen to me <laughs> were i a little more uh technologically savvy um doesn't mean well, i won't make fun about of you right, right. <laughs> five i don't think it would take five <laughs> one would probably do it the onslaught isn't so strong that I need five. <laughs> you would end up disconnecting your burner accounts because they wouldn't get enough action. <laughs> nothing to respond to. <laughs> like, come on, people, attack me. Bring it. Bring it. Um, all right. So uh, by next week, the fi- <laughs> I feel like the finals could be over. I don't know if that's technically true, uh, but it feels Depends like. Depends a lot on when we record next. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we can start getting into Laker stuff, free agency, because we'll we'll have a better idea of where things are going, who they might be drafting. We'll get into some of these what the Lakers should be doing questions. Um, but I can't think of anything else. Nope. We'll tweet out this uh, Jared Dubbin story because it's really funny. Um, and it will remind you that this league is the best league because even though the answer that we all knew was coming actually came. It was still a no league fascinating. Is, no season. league is more entertaining. God bless the NBA. Yep. So all right, we'll see everybody next time.